What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of 48 Minutes, brought to you by 48MinutesNetwork.com. Uh, Tim Daniel here, really excited for this week's show. Having Sean Mackey back is huge for this week's episode. I uh, really have a great interview for you guys to start the show with Robert Flum from ClipsNation.com. We're going to dive right into the big start the Clippers have had so far this year. But first, before we get to that, I want to tell you real quick about all of our shows so you know everything on our one RSS feed. Uh, we have three shows in there right now we're all working a lot of really hard on, putting a lot of effort into. Uh, starting Monday with Shot Callers this week, Kyle Brandon and Ben Brown uh, talked a lot of different discussions, including the Celtic struggles. Um, then normally Wednesdays, 48 minutes, you know, our regular show and Fridays is at large bid, which is our college basketball show, which kind of tells you a lot about the guys we expect to be in the NBA next year. So be sure to check everything out. You know, we mean, it means a lot to us if we can get five star reviews from everybody and some comments and some tweets and some of that accounts. So interact with us, you know, that's where our goal, our end goal is with all of this for sure. So without further ado, uh, we're going to start the show with our interview with Robert Flom. So hope you all enjoy. Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we come with punishment. Nuggets is confident, but they hear the what we coming with. Others in love with the drug and this man, we just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them loving it. Nation, who did our Clips season preview over the summer. So a lot's changed since July, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good, Great. good. So um, obviously, first off, on behalf of NBA fans everywhere, we want to say thank you to the Clippers for <laughs> starting the demise of the Warriors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're, such a, you're such a hater, Tim. I'm not. You are a <laughs> hater. I, I, have learned, I have learned to not hate the Warriors. You hate hard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but all joking aside, man, so everything's obviously doing really well for the Clippers, but you also have Michigan basketball doing really well right now, so which one's more fun for you right now? Uh, definitely the Clippers. I, I always like when Michigan basketball is good. They're, they're a fun team, but college basketball is just really not my thing. Uh, it's just slow, and players miss shots that I just think they should make because I'm so used to watching the NBA. It's, it's just kind of frustrating, but... Michigan basketball is really good. John Beeline is a ridiculously good coach, and uh, they're just a, a tough, fun team. But the Clippers are, are even more fun. They've been an amazing team to watch this year. So when we did our team preview, if you remember, I asked you, who will win more games this year between the Clippers and the Lakers? And you said the Lakers. <laughs> Do you still believe that? Yeah, I think so. Because the Lakers have turned things around recently, and... I'm always just going to believe in LeBron James until uh, he proves otherwise. He's had a few games this year where he's just absolutely gone off. I think he can do that, not quite whenever he wants, but more frequently than he has so far. It seems like he's kind of conserving energy a little bit. So I still think the Lakers, but it's not as clear-cut as it was, you know, four months ago or so. So, Robert, I want to talk a little bit about, about Tobias Mm -hmm. Harris. So he's had a, a career season so far and that that whole trade from Detroit is starting to look better and better with every day. Um, he's just 26 years old. He's averaging 21.5 points, 8.7 rebounds a game right now. Um, how much higher can this guy climb right now? Uh I think he could get a little bit higher. I don't know if those raw numbers are going to improve that much because in terms of scoring, he doesn't quite have the handle or explosiveness to really create his shot all the time. And I don't think the rebounding will really go up too much, though he could he could maybe get to double digits. But I think he could get better as a passer. Right now he's averaging 2.2 assists to 1.8 turnovers. I think he could get better as a passer. And I think his defense could improve. Sometimes it's pretty good. Other times he gets blown by relatively easily. So I think really those two things. And I think his free throw rate is down a little bit after he kind of was getting there a lot more at the start of the season. So he could maybe also get to the line a little bit more. So I think there are areas he could improve. But I think if there was one last time that his game could make another leap after it's done so several times in his career, I think it was this year. I don't know if there's another big leap coming. Another really. leap in there. Also, another thing that's really made this team just 
what's so great is their second unit. They may be the deepest team in the league. Um, do you think they have the best second unit right now in basketball? I'd say so, yeah. I think the Raptors have an argument. But in terms of just a one-two punch, there is no team that can roll out Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell. Uh, it's, they're the two front runners for sixth man of the year. I think Montrez Harrell is actually ahead of Lou Williams, and Lou Williams has won it twice. Uh, he had one of the best you know, six-man seasons ever last year, and Montrez Harrell has just completely outperformed him so far, even though Lou's been good and done some clutch time magic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know they have a lot of depth. I think the Raptors' depth might be slightly better on average and certainly younger, but Lou and Montrez is just such a potent combination. Yeah, we, we've already predicted that Montrez is probably going to win most improved player and maybe six man mm-hmm. and potentially the sneaker king of the year. Yeah, I think nice. Go ahead. No, I think the sneaker game is underrated uh, when talking about Montrez. Right. <laughs> um, he changes them every game at halftime, I believe. So uh, he goes yeah. through 164 pairs a season, uh, which is pretty nuts. But um, yeah, he's been incredible. I think. He's always been a good, effective offensive player, but I think this year where he's really made huge strides is on the defensive end. He's become a much better room protector than he used to be, and moving a lot quicker on the defensive end, coming out to guard smaller guys on the perimeter. He's really just been really, really good this year. I think most improved is a lock, even though it's only 20 games. I think six-man is is definitely up there. I, I mean, I, it's not necessarily that I think he should win it in a long. It's just that I think NBA biases are that the the beginning of the season is remembered maybe more than it should. You know, you always hear about some guys like, oh, they're having a breakout year because they played well their first 10 to 15 games. Like, I think some people will still be thinking Zach Levine is having some crazy monster breakout campaign when uh, not really. Uh, so I think that will affect. Watch it, Robert. Watch it. <laughs> uh, when, you're, on, uh, you're on my show. <laughs> I do love Zach Levine, uh, but uh, the defense is an issue. Um, so, yeah, Montrose Harrell, I think, <laughs> is uh, really just been an absolute monster for the Clippers. Probably their third best player. Uh, you could make an argument he and Gallo are right there behind Harris. And he's and more than anything, I think he's just incredible to watch. He might be the most fun player in NBA this season. I think Twitter certainly thinks so anyway. So, talking about everything with this team, I think one of the benefits of this team is, uh, Bill Simmons talks about it all the time, there isn't a bad contract on this team, like, at all. And you're talking about the situation now where you guys just dumped off Blake Griffin being paid $42 million in a couple of years, and I think that was a huge thing for you guys. Um, let's talk a little bit, though, about Shea Gildas Alexander. I know <laughs> when you and I talked over the summer, we were really excited about him, and he's really kind of quickly coming to his own he's kind of becoming an nba fan favorite fast uh, potentially you know i think a lot of people are really starting to believe the best point guard from this last draft myself included in that group uh what what are you seeing from shea so far are you impressed that he's this good this fast and or are you kind of on the end of you don't think he's tapped into his potential even like even close oh i think both things are true i think he's been super impressive i think he's been an above average nba player on both ends, uh, which for a rookie is outstanding. But at the same time, I think he has plenty of improvement to do uh, because just how the, the, the kind of things he does are things that he could get better at. He's already good at getting to the basket, but he can work on his handle. He can perfect how he handles the, the pick and roll. He's already a good defender, but again, needs to get used to NBA coverage Quicker players sometimes still get the better of him. He needs to put on some muscle so he can guard bigger guys. So, and I think he's been excellent, but there's a ton he could still improve on. And that goes, especially for shooting, I think. His three-point shot is very much a work in progress. And he's shown flashes, but not quite there yet. So I think he's both been very good and could get much better. Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm so excited to see everything he becomes in his career because this has been outstanding so far. Um, kind of going around looking at some other players on the team real quick, obviously, you know, I'm sure you guys are missing Austin Rivers so much right now, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I like Austin Rivers, and I think he was good for the Clippers. I think, on the whole, 
his trade with Gortat was probably a positive thing, even though Rivers is better and younger just because they just don't have room for him. So I was a little worried they would miss Rivers, but they really haven't. If anything, they have too many guards already who need minutes. So, uh, yeah, he's he's not really missed. I mean, he was, he was fun to watch. He was kind of a fan favorite by the end. But guys like Tyrone Wallace can't even get consistent minutes, and I'd rather see him play probably than Austin Rivers. So uh, I'm, I'm watching Austin not flourish in, in D.C., and that's making me a bit sad. But uh, it's probably a good thing the Clippers moved on from him. Are you shocked that they're this good defensively already and they've only gotten about four games out of Luke and Bob Muta? Yes, that was really surprising to me. I figured their offense would be pretty good. I didn't think it would be as good as last year because of how much DeAndre Jordan did. But I thought their defense would actually improve even with the loss of TJ because he slipped on that end and they should have had you know full seasons from Avery Bradley, Pat Beverly, some contributions from Luke and Bob Mute. So I was expecting them to be better defensively, but uh, I didn't think that they would be uh, this good just because, you know, giving Shea minutes, he's a rookie, and playing guys like Lou Williams a lot, who's not a very good defender, Tobias Harris and Gallinari, I think coming into the season, people thought that was kind of an iffy defensive combination and said they've been solid to good. So I think in some ways, I think Harold's defense has probably been the thing that's switched it the most. He's improved so much on that end, rim protector, and out on the perimeter. That's probably been the, the biggest jump. But I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander's presence has been huge. I don't think anybody thought he would be a legit positive on that end, his rookie season, especially this early, and he has been. So between those two guys, that's really where a lot of the defensive improvement comes from. I think Beverly and Bradley a little bit overrated on that end uh, to start the season, but Bradley has really picked it up recently. And yeah, I mean, they're just... They have a lot of guys who they can throw at people of all different sizes. I think their biggest weakness is probably those taller forwards like Kevin Durant, Paul George. Not like those guys aren't a problem for everybody, but the Clippers without Luke just have nobody to really throw on them. So they've torched the Clippers a couple times this year. But hopefully when Luke comes back, if Luke comes back at the spot, I don't even know what's going on with him. Uh, they, they kind of patch over that issue too. So... Robert, one of the one of the players that the the Clippers signed last summer, um, Danilo Gallinari, who was mm-hmm. basically put on the team to kind of pair with Blake Griffin. Um, we're talking about a guy who's just been through just injury hell over the last decade, it seems. <laughs> um, and, and he's so good when he plays. He he kind of reminds me of like Grant Hill in that fashion. Like he's really good when he's out there, but he just has to be out there. And he's been really, really effective this season, mm-hmm. especially, you know, on the offensive end. He's shooting 45.8% from deep right now, which is just downright scary. <laughs> um, are you cautiously optimistic that he can he can stay healthy for the remainder of this season? Because it's it's been a lot of fun with him on the floor this year. It depends what you mean by healthy. I think Gallinari, due to what you said, his injury history kind of has a different standard for health than anybody else. If you're asking for, you know, 82 games, that's not going to happen. I mean, he already missed one, so that's actually impossible. But even 75 plus, I think, is just, it's so unlikely given Gallo's history and the fact that he's 30 now. For me, Gallo being healthy would be 60 to 65-ish games with the rest of them being unhampered by his injuries. Unlike last year, where even when he did play, he was clearly not 100%. And I think that's very feasible. He looks much more in shape than he did last year. I think he's lost a little bit of weight. He didn't play over the summer in international basketball, and that prevented him from getting injured there. So I think for him, healthy, you know, 65, 70 games, I think that's attainable. He's only missed one so far, and it was due to illness. He looks healthy. Every time he goes down hard, Clippers fans kind of catch their breath, but... (laughs) He's, he's been able to stick through so far, and he's not playing that many minutes, only 31.2. So if Doc is able to keep his minutes in that area, I think I think he should be able to stay healthy for the rest of the year. I am cautiously optimistic. I think that is a good word. I like that, cautiously optimistic. So, you know, as you know, with the Clippers and Los Angeles and everything that is nuts in the beautiful city of L.A., <laughs> Um, there are some free agent rumblings to Los Angeles. I'm sure you've heard about these, right? 
Yes. Uh, yeah. Clippers fans have been very keen on the free agent rumors. <laughs> so, you know, what are your thoughts on a lot of this? I know, you know, there's a lot of talk about Durant to the Lakers. There's a talk of Durant to the Clippers. Um, obviously, I know as a fan, trust me, as a Chicago Bulls fan who at one time thought they were actually going to sign Carmelo Anthony when he was good at basketball, um, <laughs> I know to kind of stay calm in these situations because obviously that didn't work out. So what what do you think about it all, man? Are you is there like a party that really believes you could see Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard in a Clipper jersey next year, or both? Not really. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing as with the LeBron making the playoffs. Until the Clippers land a truly major marquee free agent, I'm gonna be skeptical. I do think when there's smoke, there's fire, and there's been so much smoke about these top free agent guys going to the Clippers. I think their improvement as a franchise is real. I think they have a great front office. I think players like and respect Balmer as an owner, which is huge. Doc yes. Rivers for Compared all to the that previous owner, right? Yeah, yeah, much better. Um, and Doc Rivers for all the complaints about him as a GM is still a very good coach and still a coach that commands a ton of respect and admiration from players in the NBA. I think probably a top five coach in terms of guys players just want to play with. Um, players really love him for the most part outside of, you know, a few blips in that Lob City era. So I think they're well set up for free agency, but until they actually land one over teams like the Lakers and to a much lesser extent the Knicks, because I kind of still think the Knicks getting anybody is kind of laughable right now. Uh, Until they do, I'm going to be a little skeptical. I think there's a pretty good chance they get Kawhi. I, I just don't know about Durant. But Kawhi, I could legitimately see. Um, I, I want that, actually. It would be fun. I mean, watching Kawhi and LeBron go at it in Los Angeles, those dueling players, personalities, though, with Kawhi, you know, personality is a bit of a, a stretch. Um, but I, I think it would be a lot of fun. And the Clippers have built this tough, gritty, hardworking organization and Kawhi Leonard does fit that probably as well as any superstar could in terms of having kind of a chip on his shoulder, being a guy who was drafted 15th, not even in the lottery, worked his way up from being just a role player to a superstar. I think he fits really well with the Clippers ethos, and he you know, he has interest in Los Angeles. So I think he's probably the best bet, and I'd give it decent odds, but I can't think they're the favorite until they really land somebody. That's fair. Um Let's ask, I'm going to ask you real quick about Milos, mm-hmm. because it's weird. Um, <laughs> to my understanding, what I read correctly, he's considering going back to FIBA in the middle of the NBA season on this team. That was a rumor. He did an interview with a Serbian something or other. Not a newspaper, it was like a Serbian website or something, and that was translated by Eurohoops. That was the rumor. That's what he said I don't think he's going to leave the Clippers in the middle of the season. The Clippers like him. He's well-liked in the locker room. He's making $7 million a year, I think, roughly. And he wouldn't get all of that in a buyout. I just I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's very probable he this is his last season in the NBA, and he does go back to Europe after this season. But I can't really see him leaving this club, this Clippers team and their locker room, especially because if there's an injury to any of the guards, Milos is next up for minutes. And with guys like Beverly and Bradley, who are kind of injury-prone in their careers, I think that's relatively likely. And even, even so far, he hasn't played a ton, but Doc Rivers has managed to get him minutes here and there. It's not like he's riding the bench in a suit. So I think he'll stick around with the team. I don't know how much he'll play, but... I don't. I don't. I would not bet on him leaving in the middle of the season. That would be pretty odd to me. So you don't think that come next year when he's a free agent, uh, they're going to try to get him to come to the Staples Center and they're going to have a, a fake ceremony where they hang his jersey in the rafters at the Staples Center and they have like a fake speech. <sighs> Haven't they done that before? Uh. <laughs> By the way, um... how much do you enjoy not having DeAndre Jordan on your team right now? You know, it's interesting, because um, I love DJ. He was one of my favorite Clippers, but he definitely declined a lot last year. There were always issues with him regarding effort, just game-to-game in- inconsistencies. And he's not a player who's going to age well just due to his reliance on athleticism. So while I actually thought there were good reasons for the Clippers to keep him in terms of keeping a, a fan base together, keeping a guy who like really is kind of the face of the franchise, 
not paying him looks like a very smart move. So I'm I'm pretty happy that he's also and he's honestly been good for the Mavericks, who've been a fun team to watch. So yeah, that Luca guy. I guess he's pretty decent at basketball. <laughs> Who would have thought? Right. All right, man. So this was great. You know, I always enjoy talking with you. Now, well, I guess the two times I've enjoyed talking with you, I really enjoy talking with you. Um, before we get you out of here, man, I'd love to give you a chance again to shout out, you know, your webs, your blog, your Twitter account, how Clippers fans can interact with you. Um, whatever you want to do, man, the floor is yours. So, yeah, my Clipper, my Clipper account, my Twitter account is at Rich Homie Flom. I tweet mostly about the Clippers, sometimes about other random basketball stuff or even just, you know, random stuff. But mostly Clippers, I'd say. Uh, Clips Nation is the site. I should have a pretty big article up in a day or two, actually, about how the best could still be yet to come for the Clippers. Uh, Not regression, but instead positive improvement. So, uh, yeah, look out for that. Again, probably not tomorrow, but I'd say maybe Wednesday. Uh, That should be up. And right now there's a bunch of good content on the site. There's a really, really good recap of the Clippers win over the Blazers, as well as a piece on Tobias Harris and how his stock is kind of going up in NBA circles so far this season. Awesome, man. Well, we're really looking forward to it. Well, this show will go up Wednesday too, so it'll be perfect for your article. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, Robert, hey, man, again, appreciate it. And then um, I will be calling you again soon because we'll need you for at-large bid to – come talk about the Michigan Wolverines basketball team, our college basketball show. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah, I'd love to. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks again. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. And we're clear. Awesome, dude. Thank you so much. That was so good. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to edit this probably tomorrow, and I'll get it up first thing Wednesday morning. Okay. This will start the show. So it'll probably be the first bit of however long it is. And then I'll, I'll mail it. I'll tweet you the link. Okay, perfect. Sounds good. Um, you know, I'll share it from Facebook, Twitter. That's that's more than a, that's more than our podcast. So we we definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, man. Jimmy. All right, so Sean, we just wrapped up talking uh, with Robert Flom from Clips Nation about their crazy start. Really fun insight on the Clippers and the crazy year they're having to start the year. I think we're getting a little closer to maybe having that Clippers-Lakers playoff series we always wanted, right? Oh, man. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? I think everyone wins there. Players, media, officials, because no one has to travel. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have a home crowd the whole time. Right. Both, both teams, sides. yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's it's definitely a win-win. But it's also Los Angeles, and I heard this thing about like different sides in Los Angeles not going well. Yeah, I've 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 heard those. Rumors. I heard it gets a little dangerous. Could be. Yeah. Could be. All right, man. So let's kind of get into around the league real quick uh, as we kind of continue this episode. We got the return of Dwayne Wade game early this year. We did. Yes. So for those who don't know, what we're talking about. Every year since Dwayne Wade has finally left his prime, he has one game where he, like, is Shazam, where he taps into his superpowers and has some crazy, like, old Father Prime flash game. So last night against the Eastern Conference leading Toronto Raptors, Dwayne Wade has 35 points, 6 rebounds, and 5 assists. Most points off the bench ever for a Miami player, correct? Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, does that already, like, we already kind of counted him as, like, historically the greatest Miami Heat player of all time. Not talent-wise, but as far as what he's done for the franchise. Yeah. Isn't that just like, is that the cherry on top now? That he's like the all-time leading scorer, all-time leading everything, and now has that record? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that was the cherry on the top. I mean, he said, he said multiple cherries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's definitely, uh, he's, he's Mr. All-Time Heat. Yes. Yeah. Which is crazy, considering LeBron James was a member of the Miami Heat. Yeah. And he is the guy that um, people look to as, like, Mr. Heat. Yeah, it was uh, – I mean, looking back at it, we can always say that LeBron, in, in terms of talent, was the best Miami Heat player of all time. Yeah. But but Dwayne Wade is probably, you know, collectively the best Miami Heat player of all time. Yes. I think, you know, the what makes the difference between the two is still the 06 Finals. Yeah, I, I agree. Where he was just – out of this world. Unreal. 
Yeah. And that's if you look back at that year and you look at that roster, that is a team that should not have won no. anything. No. And the, the Dallas Mavericks were on such a tear that year. I mean, they were. they were they were a team on a mission. We're talking peak peak Dirk right there. And I I just I, I don't know. Looking back at it, like looking at some of those those guys on that team, none of that should have worked, and it worked. Yeah, I know. Like Gary Payton, like kind of tapped into his former defensive self in that series. Yeah, Shaq, we got kind of the end of Shaq's prime there. Yeah. Um, for his short little renaissance happened in Phoenix. Yeah, before he won All Star Game MVP with Kobe Bryant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, White Chocolate was on that team. Antoine Walker. I think Jamal McGlure was the backup center. Yeah, it was that team was absolutely loaded with like and yeah, with White Chocolate, like you said, it was just. It was that was a fantastically fun team, but it's one of those teams like on paper it looks fun, but it shouldn't work. But right. it did. It's one of the few times that's ever happened. Yeah. So but it, Dwayne Wade was definitely the leader on that team for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's still it's still weird to me that we're like at the end of Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's been a long time. I know. I it's know. It's been a long time, but it was funny because I I'll I'll never forget the season the. Uh, the season opener the next year because they played the Bulls on mm-hmm. ring night and the Bulls I think beat them by like forty five points. Smoked them, yeah. Smoked them, and it they they called it the ring night massacre. Yes, I mean, and it was because they were they had a really heated se- uh, series with them mm-hmm. before they ended up you know eventually winning the title. So it was uh, I'll never that was one of my favorite all time ever Bulls games. Yeah, it's up there for sure with me. Like especially the post Jordan era. Yeah, I know, and so. You know, it kind of got me thinking about that because you know how there's always like the LeBron versus Jordan debate, and it's so boring and miserable and stupid. Um, I think one of the points people have always made was that, you know, Michael, I mean, LeBron James never had a Scottie Pippen, a guy that won through, could guard anyone one through five. Yeah. And I kind of was like, yeah, true. And I kind of thought Michael Jordan never had a Dwayne Wade. And yeah. so I went and looked at the numbers to compare the two. I think I sent you this in a text today. You did. And. It was really amazing to me the differences between the two players. Yeah. As far as like Scotty being the ultimate defender that can like really go through anything, uh, Wade being the, just the ultimate slasher scorer, you know, and you know the difference really there was there was a lot of similarities as far as like win shares and things like that. Yeah. Player efficiency rating, usage rates, but I was really blown away by like the difference as far as like Wade being a career twenty nine percent three point shooter. Yeah. And. Pippen's like a career sixteen points per game guy. Yeah, well, there was a few a few of those last couple seasons he wasn't really averaging much at all. Whereas right. Dwayne Wade has steadily still averaged double figures for the most part. Yeah, so that's helped tremendously. And also, there was a lot of games that he missed. Yes, <laughs> so that that'll, is very that'll true. also kind of help your average a little bit. Yeah, just a tad. I mean, I'll take Pippen all time over Wade just I will because too. just because of the defense, and he, I think he was just as explosive at times. He wasn't as fast. They were both fast. Yes, but I, I'll take Pip on that just because he was such a physical specimen at the time. So on that note, Dwayne Wade all time shooting guards. Where do you have him? Um, I have him third. I would say three or four. Yeah. So I have Jordan, Kobe, Wade. Yeah, who's your who do you who's your you said potentially fourth? Who else would you? I don't know. At? There were so there's so many good shooting guards, there are. man. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that one's just kind of tough for me because I don't know. I mean, you've got Ray Allen. Yeah, Ray's, Reggie Miller. Ray's up there. I, I you know I wouldn't put Reggie there just because the championship factor. Justin Holiday. Obviously, yes. Obviously, Justin Holiday. The three point machine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say that, but there might be some. Oh, um, there might be uh, there might be one other person who might, but I just can't think of it right now. Yeah, I know that sounds terrible, but like I would say I just, Ray is probably the closest. You say Ray's the closest. Yeah. Okay. We'll, yeah, two championships. We'll go, we'll, we'll go ahead and say he's three. We'll go ahead and say I, he's I'll, three. I'm fine with the Wade three. I still stand by my peak. Wade was better than peak Kobe though. Uh, no, I don't, I don't agree with that. Yeah, I do. I know you do. Yeah. That's something that you'll just go to your grave. Yeah, that's thinking. the hill I'll die on. Yeah. Actually, it was, it was Kyle asked me the other day if I was actually anti-Kobe, and I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not at all, but like yeah. the Kobe Bryant stands are like worse than LeBron stands. Yeah? Yeah. For shizzle. Well, I don't know, man. I just... I just... I don't know. <laughs> 
that's that's a really tough one and i i it's close but yeah i don't i don't think it's as close as you think it is it's it's it is it's okay you can be wrong okay i'm fine with you being wrong sure yeah all right so talking about people that think people are wrong like that segue yeah that was good we got some still after you know being away from each other since august we still got some Kawhi popovich drama some some bitterness yes some uh some some saltiness. As you gotta the, as the sometimes. Kids would say sometimes it. you just gotta throw some dirt on somebody. Word. Just because. Just because they they broke your heart. Yeah. Exactly. Sometimes you just gotta you gotta bury them. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so it comes out that there have been conversations where they've been asked about it because in January we are going to have the first Raptor Spurs game since the, the Leonard DeRozan trade. Okay. And uh, Greg Popovich says Kawhi was a great player, but he wasn't a leader. Where Kawhi responded, it's just funny to me. I guess when you stop playing, they forget how you lead. So, you know, we've always known the Spurs to be kind of like a very keep-it-together, non-dysfunctional franchise. Yeah. And we're really starting to see they have more dysfunction than we thought they ever would. I don't I don't necessarily think that they've, they've had... I think this is the only dysfunction they've really had. I mean... Besides, like, Richard Jefferson not working out with that Steven team. Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson. Would he get cut right before the playoffs? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. The Spurs, I mean, Popovich knows how much Kawhi Leonard meant to that team. Yeah. How's how's DeRozan doing? I haven't really been keeping track of the Spurs. He has been doing pretty good last I saw. Like, he, he seems like he fits really well there. Okay. Well, say so you got a quality person back. Oh, yeah. And, you know, but you still got to... You still gotta, you still gotta crap on a guy, you know, if they <laughs> if they did you wrong, and and he did do him wrong. Oh yeah, he did him wrong. He he kind of, you know, the way the way he left was ridiculous. So and you know his team. I mean, I think he probably could have came back and played the yeah. season before. It was just you know, I I just don't think he wanted to. I agree, and I think one of the things that really stands out to me when you look at what the Rosen's doing now, yeah, is he's really kind of having his best individual season. Yeah, and this isn't assault like to an insult to Kyle Lowry by any means because I know that's his boy and they played great together. They did great things in Toronto, but DeRozan's averaging twenty five a game, which is not his, his second all time. If it's you know second in his career, if it stands the way it is, he had a twenty seven average uh, a couple years ago, having his best a season ever by a full assist a game. It's awesome, six point three, and he's rebounding at five point nine. So he's averaging about twenty five six and six right now. Well, it was good that they were able to get somebody um, that was going to help now. Yeah, you know, because Popovich wasn't interested in in you know future draft picks or anything like that. So no. for someone to come in and you know, being that they, if they make the playoffs this year, it's it's a win for them. Yeah, and I think uh, I think he's really been awesome for them. I loved his story. I read his story on Bleacher Report when he talked about um, when he got traded, and he was like, "I was in the parking lot of an In and Out for three hours, just digesting it all." <laughs> <laughs> I love that it was in and out. Yes. <laughs> he's an LA kid, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, I uh I don't know. I think I I think the I think the the deal is now that Kawhi is having so much success mm-hmm. in Toronto and Toronto is having one of their best seasons ever. Um you got to you got to throw some shade. Yeah. And you know, you got to get back. You got to you got to you know, you can you can be scorned, and you can you can go out and and say these kind of things, you know, just to kind of eat at the player. But I don't I don't think it does anything. I think it's it's kind of it might just motivate him more. It's not the NBA if there's not pettiness. There is so much pettiness going on in the NBA. <laughs> on I like love a, it all on like a weekly basis. Yes, that's it's why the it's the most entertaining league ever. Yes, agreed. Yeah. All right, so kind of talking about some pettiness. By the way, Jimmy Butler, since he's been in Philly, has just been nuts in, in, in crunch time. Yes. So now there comes a report last week, the Markel Fultz the situation, story, drama, lost cause, craziness, whatever you want to call it. Um, it comes out that Markel Fultz last week says he wants to be traded, apparently. Yes. And then his agent declines that. Yeah. And then we find out this week, apparently the Sixers have said that – Markel Fultz is not in their future plans anymore. Yeah. So my question is, can the Chicago Bulls give them Ryan Archie Diacono? We can get Markel Fultz. <laughs> I maybe if he plays out of his mind, 
Maybe if he be he becomes the the best Chicago point guard since Ron Harper. Yeah, I'm fine with that. And I'm I'm putting that over Derek Rose. I, I noticed. Did you, did you see that? Yes, see I, what I, I did there. I definitely noticed. Yeah, you like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and Kyle both are just like gang up on me on the Derek Rose stuff. I know. I can't. I can't help it. It's just too. Funny. Don't act like you didn't love Derek Rose. Oh, I I did. I I I I bled with that guy. Yeah. Because um, then, but back to Markel. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Markel Fultz is one of the most mysterious yes um, stories in the NBA. It was it, you did a piece on it last year on our website. Mm-hmm. Was it last was it last year? It was the summer. It was over the summer. Yeah, and uh, he what, what what was going on at summer league again? He didn't participate. Didn't participate. And in summer he league. was like seen at in Las Vegas yeah. at the games eating cheese fries. Eating cheese fries. Yeah, you know, very so, good for the athlete. Yeah, yeah. So this year hasn't had a very great season. No, at um, all. Um, looking back, I mean, he hasn't played since uh, since the nineteenth against Phoenix. And yeah, he didn't score any points that game because he's having his shoulder looked. Because he's again. having his shoulder looked at again. But before that, I mean, like these are just. I mean, we're we're not talking good stats here for no. for this. And it's funny because last year. At the end of the season, they unleashed him really late. Yeah, and he was and fun. He looked, and he looked great, like in limited minutes. He looked yeah. fantastic. And nobody knows what his deal is. I don't... I don't think Markel Fultz knows what his deal is. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, they gave up a lot for him. They could have had Jason Tatum on that squad. They wouldn't have... Would, I mean, they probably still... Okay, so if you look at how things are now... Yeah. So you're looking... It would have been Lonzo. Simmons, Butler... Tatum, whoever the hell you want to power forward, Embiid. Yeah. That's – or you could have gone Simmons, Reddick, Butler, Tatum, Embiid. Yeah. That's a very good crunch time team. Yeah. Who was, who was the other people that were drafted that year? Not Lonzo. That was wrong. Uh, Lonzo was in the Markel Fultz draft. Was he in the same draft? Yeah. Okay. So not, one was Markel, two was Lonzo, three was Jason Tate. They could have had uh, De'Aaron Fox. They could have De'Aaron Fox. There's a lot of players – I mean, you think about that um, – there's a lot of players that Dennis they could Smith. have had that could have been impactful players. Laurie Markinen and the Laurie Markinen. Oh man, I mean, I mean, yeah, and I, I like him more than Dario Saric. Lo- I like him a lot more than Dario. I think a lot of people do. Um, but the thing that's going to be interesting though is to see what happens next. Yes, because you know he's having the, these mysterious shoulder problems. He had shooting problems last year. His shot's still kind of broken. I mean, we don't really know yeah. what's going on now. There was, there was rumors going around that there was a uh, he broke up with Drew Hanlon. No, I mean there was, a, <laughs> there was there was rumors going around that he hurt himself in like a like a four by four accident, like an ATV thing. And then of course his agents were like, no, you know that didn't happen. But like nobody really knows what's going on. Nope. And, um, I, you know, with, with Elton Brand running the show now, like, I just don't, I don't know how much patience he's going to have to do this, but it's like, how do you get back equal value for something that is very mysterious? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I saw the one team that Markel Fultz was linked to so far as the Cavaliers. And I was like, they're not going to give up Con Sexton. They're not going to get, no, cause they're not he's, gonna give up he's, a, they're not going to give up a pick. No, they're not going to give up a pick. I mean, they're, they're going to be on the losing end of something on this one. Yes. Like this is not going to end well for Philadelphia or Fultz. I don't, I don't see him getting traded to a team and helping them or becoming a superstar. Right. I just, so we'll I just, send the Sixers. I We'll send the Sixers campaign and Ryan Archie Diacono. Okay. And we'll take Markel Fultz. Sure. Or sure. we can send him Justin Holiday because Justin Holiday's trade target couldn't be any higher. And, you know, we'll take Markel Fultz. I mean, I, I really don't know where they can they can go with this. So here's my thing. Go ahead. As you know. Sure. I'm not ready to give up on Fultz's NBA career. No, no. I mean I mean we shouldn't we shouldn't be ready to, but it's for anyone who's who's trading for this this team for this player i mean it's i mean it's a big it's a big question mark yeah absolutely i mean you don't know what you're getting nobody knows what they're getting so people aren't going to be you know and they they had a very very similar situation a couple years ago with Jaleel Okafor mm-hmm. you know another guy who was god damn he was great in college yes he, he was. was so good 
and uh, a lot of problems. They brought out all these centers. They had Noel. They had Embiid. They had Okafor. He had a few good. He had that one season where he was putting up pretty decent numbers. And then they stopped playing him, and nobody really knew what Jaleel Okafor was, and then Jaleel Okafor lost all confidence, and is he playing for the Pelicans now? Yeah, he's on the Pelicans. He's on the Pelicans He replaced now. Emeka Okafor on the Pelicans. <laughs> Another forgotten Okafor. Yes. <laughs> that guy was, wasn't that guy Rookie of the Year? Yeah, he was. He was, yeah. in, he was with the, uh, he was in the Ben Gordon draft. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, great team. Yes, so, you know, kind of talking about with the, you know, for Markel, I think that, you know, the upside's still there. The talent, it's certainly not a talent thing. Um, it's, it's, you know, whatever's between the ears and whatever's going on with that shoulder. And I think at the end of the day, we just got to figure that out. Cause you know, who knows? He might end up being, sometimes it does take a point guard a few years to really get it together. I feel like a team like the heat should take like, a chance <laughs> on him. I'm serious. You're playing my card there. Yeah, am I playing your card? Yeah, you know everyone. I want everyone to play for the Heat. You want everyone to play for the Heat. You remember, well, I was like Blake Griffin would be great on the like, Heat. They have they have like decent. They don't. They have they have good players. They don't have like great players. Right. That they could you know. They could move like. Like. I, mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I would. They I still would... believe in Justice Winslow. Yeah, but I mean, Goran Dragic. Would you rather? I mean, I, I think the I, Sixers would probably rather have Dragic. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, I mean, I mean, but the the Miami, the Miami Heat are not going to win a championship with Gordon Dragic. Their their corn incarnation. They they will become, they will not win any championships with him on the team because it's not it, it. Winning a championship right now is not on the horizon for the Miami Heat. No, so not. why not roll the dice a little bit? They're a team. They're one of those teams that can actually afford to 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 roll the dice and right. why not and on top of that like i think in like what is it a year or two he's gonna be making like 12 million dollars yeah which and, is which is a lot for a rookie well gordon Dragic next year so gordon what, Dragic, what's he making he is a 2020 free agent okay so this year he's making 18 next year he's making 19 so i don't think the sixers will want to take that deal on okay because they're gonna want to re- I, th- I mean right now the talk is they're gonna resign butler yeah so yeah, they can't do that, and you got Ben Simmons running the point right now. But I mean, I mean, they need a shooter too. Yes, they're they another team that needs a shooter, like, this, like this Justin Ky- Holiday. This 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 Kyle Korver nonsense just needs to. It's like you know, kind of a shit or get off the pot kind of deal at this point. Yeah, because it's like it needs to happen. Like right now, they need shooters. They need some other guys that are going to come in there, that are going to you know, provide some shooting. Yeah, so, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what happens with them. I don't either. Uh, you want to talk about the Lakers real quick? Yes, let's talk about the Lakers. Okay, because you know it's every episode now. We got, we got to talk some lakes. So, minus their times playing the Orlando Magic of late. Yeah. Ever since Tyson Chandler came to the team, so kryptonite. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's be like that's for Shaq. Yeah. And Dwight. They've been like pretty good. Oh my god, they've been great. Yeah, they're eleven and eight right now. They're two games out of first place in the West. That's that's wonderful. That is, I mean, that's great news for Lakers fans. Yes, LeBron still is picking and choosing when he plays defense. That's okay. He can do whatever he wants. Right. Exactly. <laughs> as long as he's able to produce points and rebounds, uh, which he's doing a lot of that. Which he's doing a lot of that. Tyson Chandler was a huge pickup for them. Yeah, he huge, has been. huge pickup. Javale McGee's having a borderline All Star season. <laughs> God. I can't believe I just said that. I know. Um, you know, Ingram's been playing well, too. He has been playing really you know, well. You know, I think Kuzma's kind of taken a step back a little bit, though. He has. Ingram, I, don't, I don't know. what It's like either it's usually one of those guys is good. They're just usually not good at the same time. Right. And Lonzo right now is putting up um, eight points a game, five rebounds, and four assists. Which is fine. Which no. is fine. No. Yeah, it's fine. He's Look, he's still, he's still getting he's still getting his... His, he didn't play as much last year. He had Rondo on the team. You know, it's let him let him be. Let him be. Uh, how long do we have to let him be? One more. This is it. This is if we're going to be upset about Markel Fultz. Next season. Next season is this the season where we can finally start like evaluating if this is like the real deal and all this crap at their press conference of him Magic Johnson saying, "Oh, I fully expect Lonzo Balls." jersey to be hanging in the rafters by the time all this is done break like, all my like, records like yeah so so if if he is not to that point um by let's just say all-star break next season i'm worried yeah i'm not worried right now he's playing with a completely different team than he did last year with with lebron changes the whole team 
Yeah. JaVale McGee has changed the team. There's a lot of different pieces. I mean, it's it's great that he, you know, they had a they had a lot of people come back and everything, but it's a different team. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I'm I'm okay with him not having the best the best season right now. Cuz they can get away with it. I mean, two games out. Should I'll take it? Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now I'm just kind of waiting for him to kind of be the I, I just I wanted to, I wanted to see an improvement this year, man. And I know he's kind of fit, fit, fixing his shot again and all this stuff, but I just really wanted to see like this next step, and I don't feel like we've gotten it yet. And again, I'll go back to what I said earlier. Sometimes it does take point guards a little while to kind of get it together. Sometimes it takes any player. I mean, look at Victor Oladipo. Yeah. I mean, a guy that, you know, I don't, didn't... I think people seem to forget. It wasn't until, like, year four that Jason Kidd really took off. Yeah. He was another one. Yeah. He was another one. Yeah. Which, that was the comparison for Lonzo coming out of college, but... And that's 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 a very good point. I like that. That's I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. But, I'm you know, I'm... I'm content with where they are as a team. Um, I think that, like, I would, I, I would like to see more LeBron defense. I agree with that. I mean, but everything is is going to be fine once they get Kevin Durant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything will just be fine when that happens. When they get Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis. Now, <laughs> when they both get those, I think we can say they're fine. Yes. They're in good shape. Because next year they'll have, if that happens... They'll have a bench of like Brandon Ingram and Rajon Rondo and JaVale McGee. And yeah. Be, like, well, is is McGee signed past this season? He's on a one year, but I think right now they're pro- they got to be thinking they're going to bring him back. Yeah, but he's going to cost more next year. That's the problem. They're probably fine with that because what he's given them so far. Yeah. I mean, really, Tyson Chandler hasn't taken away from his scoring or his, or anything. Tyson no. Chandler's just been a great he's guy. Been, that... He's been a great backup off the right. bench to to do that, and and it's great that he's accepting that role as well. Oh yeah, there's a lot of veterans that wouldn't do that, but Tyson Chandler is that guy. Well, he was almost a so. Clipper, so he was almost in L.A. Yes, he was. Yeah, and then they were like, "Hey, Bulls, you want to put Tyson Chandler next to Eddie Curry?" They were like, yeah, we want to we, we want <laughs> to ma- try this. We want to maximize talent right now. Yes. Is what we want to do. So let's see how this works out. No. Like this could be our twin towers. And it's like, no, no, that no. Was, man, dark days. Let's not even talk about that again. Stop. <laughs> do we have other choices? No. Yeah. No. So yeah, I think. Um, but I'm excited because I think we're they're probably there's a really good article in Blues Report today about could the, could they trade for Bradley Beal because of all the stuff coming out. I don't want them to. You don't want them to. No. I guess you're more thinking, okay, I see what you're saying. You're thinking of if they can get Durant next year. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, but but here's the thing. But here's the thing. You don't want to pussyfoot around like you did with Paul George. Right. Or Kawhi. Right. You know, am I upset that they didn't get Kawhi? Now, I don't know if Kawhi wanted to be in L.A. I don't trust Kawhi Leonard. I think he wants to be a Clipper. I think he does, too. Yeah. And I don't trust Kawhi, you know? Uh, I also, you know... If Paul George would have been traded to the Lakers, he would have resigned. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt behind that. And, yeah. And him. Now, I think he would have taken a back seat. Yeah. A tremendous back seat. Well, he's already taken one now. Whereas, I don't think Kevin Durant's going to take a back seat if he no. goes to L.A. I think they're I going think to LeBron share. I think LeBron would be content with being the second guy on that team to Kevin Durant. I don't. I think they could both easily put up 25 a game. Yes. I mean, it's it's it's, it's, like it's going to work. Night. It's going to work much better than, say, you know, Allen Iverson and Carmelo Anthony worked out. Oh, yeah. You know, these are two guys that know how to play. They are literally the two best players in the league. So, you and know. And they potentially could have the other, the other guys considered in the top three. That's and true. Davis. Well, yeah. If you get that, you've you got a title. Because you rip Duran away from, from the Warriors. You Warriors get, are going to have struggles doing what they've done. You get the guy a lot of people think is the best player in the world, Anthony Davis. Yeah. Which, you know, is not a terrible argument right now. Yeah, he's top three. Yeah. All right, so I want to read, before we get done here. He's number three. <laughs> I want to read this ridiculous stat to you. Okay. Because I I was on the tweeters earlier, and I saw this, and I could not believe it. Go ahead. So, over the last three games, Giannis Antetokounmpo is averaging 34 points, 14.7 rebounds, 6.7 assists, and two steals while shooting a mind-boggling 69.2% from the field. And yet we're not even talking about the MVP. Yes. <laughs> I think, we haven't even brought him up today. I think, but you know, we kind of talked about I think right now it's probably down to 
there's probably four guys I can play. Five guys if you count LeBron because I think that stretch really kind of revitalized his chances. Yeah. Um, Embiid, Giannis, Steph, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Yeah. And Embiid tore Anthony Davis apart. Yeah. So. Well, I think Embiid's. I think Embiid might be it, the leading candidate. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Okay. Dude, like every time he's played to play against a big center this year, he's beat him. And he's won a lot of well, games for the Sixers. I think I think he's the best center in the league. I do too. But I don't I don't think Anthony Davis is a true center. See, I agree with that. Like I don't I mean, I don't have an issue with playing Embiid Anthony Davis. Embiid is a true center. Right. So, I'm I think that's pretty nuts and it's pretty exciting. Oh, and last thing, apparently Boogie Right now they're saying DeMarcus Cousins might be back for Christmas. The report is he is close to making a full recovery. Oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they're going to need him. Here's my thing. Yeah. How do we know it's, I mean, the full recovery thing, like, don't you remember Isaiah Thomas made a full recovery last year, apparently? Yeah. And this is a grow. this is a huge man with an Achilles injury. This is, this is a huge injury for a large big man. Right. Yeah. So I hope it's a, I hope it's full recovery. I think we totally deserve as much great Embiid as we can get. Uh, I mean, I mean, Boogie as we can get, especially when his, you know, what might be his only year in Golden State, which is more than likely his only year in Golden State, I should say. Yeah. Um, I think that you know, I, 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 it's, it's gonna be fun. But I just really want him to be. I don't want us to kind of be disappointed, because you know, if he doesn't come back and he's not his full self, I think people are gonna be disheartened. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, we, we should not expect anything really from Demarcus. I agree. This this year, anything he can give the Warriors is great. Because I don't know, I, this stuff with Draymond, who was who's been off and on hurt, and the drama with the team and everything. Um, I'm almost kind of a little bit excited to just to just uh see him come out and play again with a team where he can he can toss the ball out to the to the arc man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean he can he can drive and dish, man. That's all he's got to do. Right. Absolutely. So. All right, man. Well, hey, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I've really enjoyed this episode today, kind of talking a bunch of things and also big great interview we had with Robert Flom, so uh, anything you want to touch on before we bounce? No. Awesome. Well, hey guys, this has been this week's 48 minutes. Uh, don't forget, we will have at-large bid this Friday, talking about all the things going on in college basketball and shot callers every Monday. And hey, if you're listening to this show because you caught our interview with Robert, you're a big Clippers fan, we really appreciate five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. It, it helps us a lot. We love them. Yes. And also, if you can kind of give us that sweet follow on Twitter at 48MinutesNTWRK, that's network without the vowels, uh, we'd really appreciate it. So hey, Sean, this is fun, man. Uh, can't wait to do it next week.